For almost 3,000 years, the Jewish people have been hated. But what is the real cause of this hatred on this slice of fresh bread? Welcome to Fresh Bread, a podcast ministry of Grace Bible Church, Gainesville, with Pastor Brandon and Pastor Keith. Well, thanks for clicking on Fresh Bread. Fresh Bread, where we're bringing the truth of God's Word to a starving world. Fresh Bread Podcast 43, and today we're going to look at Israel. And there's a lot going on in Israel, and the world has kind of gone crazy with Israel. And we're going to talk about why does the world seem to hate Israel, the Jewish people. And I'm Pastor Keith, he's Pastor Brandon. And we're going to talk about that a little bit. There's some interesting uh, theories that are out there, and we're going to try to look at this as a biblical way, because this is fresh bread. So, Pastor Brandon, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I'm giving you the knowing, the knowing nod, you know, when you said, this is Pastor Brandon. I'm Pastor Keith. This is Pastor Brandon. I gave you the kind of gave me the, the, nod. the nod. Yes, I'm here. I'm okay. doing well, and I'm and I'm doing well. Yeah, it, you know, you look you look okay. Uh-huh. Well, should we dive right in? Yes, let's dive in. Why does the world seem to be uh, hating the Jews? There's a few theories that are out there, and the first one that we're going to throw out there is, I think, one that that was really perpetrated by, I guess, Charles Darwin started this whole thing, and Adolf Hitler kind of took and ran with it. It's a, it's a racial theory that the Jews are hated because there are people that believe out there that they are the inferior race. And I was just going to see what you thought about that. What do you think? Well, I think that's, that is certainly a reason why that they're hated. I mean, obviously, Hitler, the Germans, during Hitler's time, saw them as the inferior race. They wanted the, the blonde hair, blue-eyed uh, light-skinned, what man should look like, and and you know they had their even to the point of breeding for that. It was a sad, sad history. But yes, I think that they were they were taught that that the Jews were inferior, and you know it's interesting because that's that's what pride does to us. You know that it's a it's a pride issue really that that says that you know we're better than in another group of people. Generally speaking, it's funny there was a video. There was a video that I saw where it was, there was this young lady who saw this, who who totally stared, stereotyped this young man. It was a whole the whole video was about IQ and who had who was the smartest one in the group, and she had her PhD, I think it was, and you know he was I think in the military or something, and she said, you know, I'm the smartest one in the group. They ranked each other. They ranked what they who they thought was the smartest, and she was you know she ranked herself first and. <laughs> And, uh, you know, as far as, as far as IQ, but as I remember it, he was actually smarter than her and, and neither one of them were the smartest in the group. And so it was just kind of funny that we tend to, we tend to stereotype people. And, and I think that's what's happened with the Jews is that they've been stereotyped and unfairly stereotyped and, and that they're inferior in some way. Uh, when in reality, that's not the case. Would that be more of like, are you talking about a physical? Jewish men may not be six feet four and broad-shouldered, but is that kind of where the Germans were looking at? They were smaller maybe in stature? Well, I think it's funny because I think that, that some of the other theories kind of feed into this, especially the one, the next one you're going to talk about. But I, I don't know. I, I think it was probably a pridefulness, but it maybe maybe it had something to do with physical prowess. Um, 
you know, I guess, you know, in terms of the Jewish people, it, they probably aren't the most athletic and, and, and I know there's probably going to be, there's exceptions to that. There's always exceptions to the rule, but, or to, you know, to whatever the, the, the normal, the norm seems to be. Um, but that's probably part of it, you know, that they, you know, there's a, there was a physical part or part of that physical aspect of that, that, that fed into it. Certainly, certainly from a, if you think about the Jew, Jewish people, it's interesting because I, Jordan Peterson had, has talked some about the Jews and basically their IQ. And it's interesting because they do have a greater IQ, but it's only just a small amount more. It's like the, you know, you think about the bell curve and the the IQ curve, but it's basically the bell curve. And you have some at the, you know, at, at each extreme where you have at the, you know, at the genius extreme, it's only offset just a little bit, but because of that offset, the greater of the, in terms of IQ of the Jews, there's just going to be, there's more of them that have, you know, that 130, 140 plus IQ. And there's going to, there's more of, more of them that are there. And it's only, it, it really, we're not talking about a huge amount, but, but uh, there is that, I mean, that is, that is true. And, you know, that's part, I think part of the reason why that they're hated is, is because of that. You know, I think that, I, I think that ultimately there's a pride, there's a jealousy there mm-hmm. that's there, uh, creates the problem. And I think, I don't think we can miss though, you know, that God, you know, God did choose them and, you know, at this point he has rejected them. And, you know, I don't, I don't see that as a forever rejection, but I do see that as a temporary rejection and so I think that that's part of what's feeding into, you know, the hatred for the Jews is that, you know, that rejection that they're going through, you know, because of being scattered and, and rejected and, you know, that, but they're still, but they're still God's people. So. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Sure. The next theory is the economic theory that Jews are hated because people think they possess too much wealth and power. And I think you can see that everywhere where the, Right, where the Jewish it's the Jewish people who are controlling the finances of the world. Yeah, generally speaking, that's been the case. Um, that was certainly the case in Europe, you know, prior to World War II, prior to the Holocaust, and you know that they had garnered a lot of power. What we have to recognize is that I, I, I mentioned the IQ advantage, and it's only a slight advantage. It's not a it's not a huge advantage, and I'm I'm only speaking about what I've read and and seen. But but what you have to recognize is that that the Jews have been in a position that, you know, they don't have anyone to depend upon but themselves. Mm -hmm. But what that causes, you know, when you have somebody that's being a group of people that are being uh, persecuted, like the Jews have been persecuted, that makes them turn inward. And they don't, so they don't trust people on the outside. And so if you, you know, it's, it would be almost impossible for you and I as a, as Gentiles to go into a Jew- Jewish community and be trusted in, in a Jewish community, or at least fully trusted. And so what that causes them to do is that, is that they, you know, so you get a, let you put those two things together. You have, you know, a, an IQ advantage again at the extremes. It's not like, it's not like they're just completely that much smarter than everybody else. We're talking at the extremes and, but you end up having a few more people who have those intelligent levels. And then you put that together with basically being turned inward where, you know, family and friends are going to get 
promotions within organizations. And so you end up, so it, let's just say you have a really, really intelligent Jewish person who ends up in a, in a position of authority in a corporation, say a banking corporation or say, you know, the movie industry, which is where, you know, what we're talking about. And what happens is, is that they end up hiring, they end up promoting and hiring and promoting with, from within. So you end up with a proliferation in certain industries with more, you know, Jewish people and, and, and they're dependent upon one another. And so you end up, and that's, and if you think about, you know, if there's going to be a place that you're going to have more influence, you know, the banking industry is going to be one of those places, you know, the financial, financial industry is going to be one of those places. And, and so I think that's why you see a proliferation of Jewish people in banking. And so when you have, when you have the wealth and you have the power because of the wealth, people are going to look at you negatively. And I, mm-hmm. and you know, so that's, I think that's what's happened. I think that's what happened in Europe prior to World War II, prior to the Holocaust. I think that's what's happening in the United States even today where the, the financial centers of the, of America, the, you know, whether it be New York or, or Los Angeles, uh, I mean, are dominated by you know, Jewish people, you know, in terms of those industries, you know, and, and that because of the jealousy being the way je- jealousy is, because of the fact that I can't, I would not be fully trusted in a Jewish context because I'm not Jewish. Those things put to, put those things together, and and it does create a problem. It does create a problem of of jealousy and and pride and and the and ultimately can lead to what we've seen with, you know, at the Holocaust or even how Israel is being treated today in terms of the nation Israel. If you go to Israel. What you'll find is is that they have taken basically the desert and they've made it bloom, mm. and and you know their people are jealous about that. You know that, especially the groups around them when they look at Israel and they see the uh, Israel prospering, and they see the the strong military that Israel has and how they've improved their situation over the past you know since since nineteen you know since the nineteen forties when they officially became a, a nation. Yeah, I mean it, there's a lot of jealousy there. And that's, I think there's, that's, that's few, that fuels the hate for the Jews. And you have to recognize that uh, there is pride on the Jewish, you know, on the, on the part of the Jews that, you know, that they are Jewish. And there's a protectionism that happens that if you're not Jew, you're not part of them. And, you know, and I think, again, that's probably a protection. I mean, I shouldn't say probably, I think it is a protection, you know, that says that we're not going to let people in because we can't trust them. You know, if they're not mm-hmm. one of us, we can't trust them. They're, they're outsiders. And so, it perpetuates these these issues, whether it be the racial theory or whether it be the economic theory. It you know that that attitude gets perpetuated. Right. So I think what we're saying is the racial theory that people some people feel them as inferior. I think you know we could see that for sure in the 1940s. The economic theory we can see that they do possess wealth and power. But it's interesting if you really want to understand why this is true in a way is because i mean if you ever if you've ever seen fiddler on the roof it's a fun movie but it's interesting to see how and i think we need to talk about this as well during you know 70 AD when the romans came in and and sacked jerusalem the jewish people dispersed all through the roman empire and they've been kind of 
moving around ever since. And then as you come up to the 20th century, you know, you begin to see the the, the beginnings of World War One, and of course, World War Two. They're, they're, they're sort of pushed around all over the place. And so they, they become, like you were saying, this tight community. Yeah, I mean, real quick, but with with persecution i mean so they they do they do have they do become more tight knit they yeah. do become more inward looking you know a protection that you know that becomes part of their dna if you will is protecting one another protecting the jewish people protecting family protecting friends uh, and they're ma- they're marrying other jewish yes. women and men yes so it it it, it the, yeah they they they're in this this bubble yes and which leads to the next theory, the outsider's theory, the Jews are hated because they're different from anyone else. That's obvious, right? Yeah, and they are different. Yeah. I mean, there's no doubt about it. And, you know, like, like I said, it's, it's not like it, there's this massive difference in the sense of who they are. I mean, if, you know, a Jewish person versus a Gentile, it's, it's just we're talking about small differences, but small differences that are exacerbated by the fact that they've been persecuted and been pushed around all these centuries and they, you know, are willing to do what it takes to rebuild and, you know, they're resilient in that way. And so, I mean, they just have been made into a strong people because of that. They see everybody else as outsiders. Yeah. And again, what we're talking about these theories is that there is some truth to these, but it... It doesn't make it right to hate somebody because the the Jewish people have been pushed around and they become a tight community. Yeah, they are they are different than everyone else because their religion is so different. And yes, they, they economically they do well because again, all these all these factors have been they're 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 like in a pressure cooker, right? They're they're just getting all these things on sure. them, and to survive, they've had to do this. Well, you know, it's interesting because I I wonder. You know, and when you look at things at a, as a whole, when you look at things at a, from a, you know, 60,000 foot level, if you will, it's interesting that I, I think that the Lord is preparing them. I mean, that's what I see. That's, that's my, my, you know, assumption, not assumption, but my opinion of what's happening is that the Lord is preparing them to, when he returns, he's going to, you know, we take a, you and I take a thousand year millennial reign of Christ. You know, so I think that he's going to reign with Israel. I think Israel, you know, that they're a kingdom of priests. I think Israel will be the priests of the millennial kingdom and that that the millennial kingdom will, will span the globe and, you know, that they will be the in Jerusalem. They'll be the, the in the what you might call the Holy of Holies where Christ dwells. Christ is going to dwell in the and you know from Jerusalem, and I think that the 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 Israel will be have the function of being priest to mm. to the king, and I think that ultimately what's going to happen, what's happening, this is again my opinion based on what I see in Scripture. I think ultimately what's happening is is they're being prepared for that, and it's the persecution, it's being pushed around that we're talking about that has prepared them for two thousand years now to to fulfill that role at some point, and. And so can you imagine, can you imagine us all being on the same side, you know, that we're, we're all on the same side in the millennial kingdom and they're, you know, they're with us and there's, you know, that we're all together, you know, under the king and, and how amazing a time, how prosperous a time that will be. Uh, And, you know, Isaiah talks about it, you know, in terms of, we see that in scripture, the, the prosperity of the, of the millennial kingdom. 
Yeah, like it says in Zechariah 8, 23, it says in those days, 10 men from different nations and languages of the world will clutch at the sleeve of one Jew and they will say, please let us walk with you. We have heard that God is with you during the millennium. Okay, so we had the racial theory, the economic theory, the outsider's theory. Now we're going to get into prideful part, you know, mankind, Gentiles, looking at the Jewish people. And the next one is the scapegoat theory. They're the hated people because they're actually the cause for all the world's problems. Especially right now with Israel being a nation and going into Gaza. Yeah, I mean, I think there's some truth to any to all these, right? I mean, it, there's a, there's truth to the racial theory. We talked about the Germans and hating them because they felt like they were inferior. There's truth to the economic theory that, you know, that they they do have a lot of wealth and power, and 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 because because of their situation, I mean, there's truth to the outsiders theory. You know, because they are because they are outs. I mean, we are outsiders to them, and they are outsiders mm-hmm. to us, and so. There's truth there. I mean, there's truth to the scapegoat theory now that we're, you know, as we look at it, I mean, that that a lot of the world's problems are centered on the Jewish people. I mean, you think about World War II and what happened there, and you think about, you know, the now what's going on in Israel and and how the nation, you know, from from the beginning of the of the nation of Israel, you know, in, in the mid mid twentieth century, you you think about all the trouble that they've had and and. And absolutely, I think that that there's a, there's a good reason for people to say, you know, that the world's problems kind of center around the Jews, and and which it makes sense biblically that 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 would be the case because they are. I still would say they're God's chosen people, mm-hmm. and they, that hasn't changed. Now, you know, has you know has, has he rejected them for a time? Yes. It, it has he rejected them for them for all time? No. That you know that again. That's what I believe Scripture to teach, and so. You know that guy. It, it would if if that is true, then it would make sense that they would be the that they would be part of you know at least at the center of what's going on you know negatively in the world. And so, and and so yes, I can I can see that and 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 understand why that that would be you know would be a theory. And you know, quite frankly, yeah, there's some truth there. And, and that the, that they are at the center of the world's problems. I don't. I wouldn't necessarily say they're the cause. I mean, the, the cause is is sin. The cause is a sinful, you know, the sin of of Adam and Eve that's been, you know, that's been handed down generationally, generationally to every human that's ever walked this earth. So I have, I'm I'm part of the problem personally you know, of, of the world, and you are as well. And so, <laughs> so you know, they they're not the cause, but they are at the center of a lot of what's going on in the world. Yeah, and it's interesting that to me, when in Romans, when Paul talks about, you know, God is not through with the Jewish people yet, because there's something out there called replacement theology, which if it's not a heresy, it comes right up to the line, comes right up to the line to being called a heresy, because what it does is the, the Davidic covenant, even the angel Gabriel, who told Mary about that her son would sit on the throne of David forever. I guess we're going to have to do a podcast on this, at what what actually makes something a heresy, because again, replacement theology comes right up to the line, stops just short of, but it is a bad, it's a bad theology. It's a bad hermeneutics, because what it does is it replaces Israel with the church. The church then becomes Israel, which it doesn't make sense because of the, still of the hatred of the Jewish people to this moment, as we sit here and talk, I mean, there's still these protests going on all over against Israel. And if, if that was true, then Israel would have probably faded away. And yeah, you know. I, I would certainly say that it's mistaken, and and that there is definitely error there. And yeah, and for sure, 
I, I would say it's a, it, I would argue it's a grave error in, in, a, in misunderstanding you know, God and his purpose. So the scapegoat theory, the Jews are the cause for all the world's problems, that one is a big one. We can move to the next theory, which is deicide theory, which is the reason that the Jews are hated is that, that they, they're the ones that killed Jesus Christ. Yeah, um, yeah, and, and that again, certainly true, that people point to the Jews as being part of the reason why or being the reason why Christ went to the cross. And, you know, they forget that it was all right. the predetermined plan of God. And, and you know, the Romans were involved. Pilate was involved. I mean, it, it, you know, the, yes, the Jewish leadership capitulated and, and, well, I shouldn't say even say capitulated. I mean, they did say crucify him. And so, but I, you know, again, that's that was a certain group of people within the Jews that Christ had called out and, you know, had, had said, had basically called him out during the ministry and they hated him for sure. I mean, that, that group of people would be, and, you know, unless they repented after the fact and, and there's possibility that, that they did, but unless they repented, they are now suffering in hell and because of what they did. That doesn't mean that God isn't, because Jesus himself was a yeah, a Jewish man. He was a Jewish man. He was born a Jew. He was born, you know, king of the Jews. And, you know, you have, you know, David who was a Jewish man. And we have all these, you know, heroes of the faith that are that are Jewish. And, you know, the apostles were Jewish. And and so, you know, you have you have this Jewish flavor, if you will, that of uh, people who are are central to our faith, to the Christian faith. And so um, for for us to to hate the Jews because they sent Jesus to the cross, that I think is wrong-headed. But but definitely what some people will do in in the Christian church, and you know they it's it's a it's really a it's really a Gentile pride, you know it's really yeah. the, it's a pride that causes you to do that that causes you to point the finger at at you know all of the Jews because of what happened to Jesus. That that's just yeah it's it's prideful. It's wrong. It's sinful sinful response, but definitely something that, that makes sense that would be true. I certainly shouldn't be pointing fingers because right. I, I can't imagine that I would have been any different. It was all of our sin that he yeah, it was, had put it him Yeah, it was on. my sin that put him there. Yeah, wow. Okay, the sixth one is the chosen people theory that Jews are hated because they arrogantly declare that they are the chosen ones of God. And again, there's truth in that. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I you know, it's it certainly. I mean, I've said it several times on the on this particular yeah. podcast that I know I heard that, it somewhere that they are they are God's chosen people, and and so yes, that uh, that would certainly. I mean, the fact that they declare that, the fact that they live according to that, and and would say that as well. I mean, they would they would say that they're God's chosen people. I, you know, based on based on the Old Testament, and so you know, based on their you know, scripture. So yes, I mean, I, I could see where people would think that's arrogant to say that. Mm -hmm. And it's, you know, it's not, and th there's probably a sense where that many of them are arrogant in thinking that, that just because they're a Jew, that they're part of God's chosen people. I mean, that is arrogant. I mean, yeah. that's, that's arrogant for anyone, you know, that, that they would just because of who they are and who they were born to, you know, the, how, who, the, you know, what, family they were born into, they are, you know, they're God's chosen. That is arrogant, and, and I can see where, where people would hate them for that. Yeah. I, I don't. I, I don't personally, but, 
because I think that's all unbelievers who, you know, have this arrogance about them. And so it doesn't surprise me that the Jewish people would have that, especially when you read the the Old Testament. I mean, well, I say that, but then if you read it for what it really is, they're pretty, pretty obstinate people that, you know, that deserve, that deserve judgment, you know, in terms of what they did, if you read through some of the prophets. That's true. So, okay, so those were our six theories on why does the world hate the Jewish people, the racial theory, the economic theory, outsider's theory, the scapegoat theory, the deicide theory, chosen people theory. Those are, there's some truth to every one of these, but again, it doesn't excuse the world to hate the Jewish people, but there are some truth to some of these. And then my seventh question for you is, how much of this that we're actually seeing is satanic? I think it is. It's all satanic. All, all of it. Yeah, I think, I think that it's interesting because even, you know, why did Herod kill the babies? Mm. Because he was trying to kill the Messiah, mm. right? That was satanic. And, you know, for whatever reason, and we don't know completely, it hasn't been fully revealed, you know, what, I mean, we have the Bible, we have Scripture, but how the Holocaust fits into God's plan and why exactly Hitler was trying to eradicate the Jews, I'm not, I, I'm not able to tell you. I do have my, my hypothesis, which, I, which I've already told you, is that I think the Jewish people are going to be a huge part of the Millennial Kingdom. I think that, that Satan knows that. And that he's if if the Jews are eliminated, that that thwarts God's plan, and so I think that's what Hitler. I think that Hitler behind Hitler was a, a greater power of Satan, and demonic power, and and I think that that's why he was trying to get rid of the Jews is because he knew that it was his time is coming short. You know, if you have the Jews coming back as a nation, I think that he was trying to prevent that, and and ultimately, you know, God. It's kind of an ironic retaliation. Ultimately, the fact that that Satan tried to get rid of the Jews through Hitler actually is what led to them becoming a nation again. And, you know, that God actually always uses Satan, like his work against him. And so all that Satan's trying to accomplish by getting rid of the Jews actually brought them to be a nation. What do you think the odds would have been of the, the Jewish people becoming a nation in 1948 if it wasn't for the Holocaust? Oh, I think the Holocaust is the was the really the impetus yeah. for it. And I think it would have been very unlikely that they would have become a nation again outside of the Holocaust. But because of the Holocaust, because of, you know six, I think it was six million Jews, right, yeah. were were eradicated during the during the Holocaust. I think that that you know that was a, enough of an impetus for people to see that and say no more. That that can't happen again. And even though generally people don't care for the Jews. I mean, it, it you know, they were able to get enough support yeah. at that point to uh, be it, to become a nation again. Yes, I've heard it said, and there's a lot of truth in this, that World War I prepared the land for the people. World War II prepared the people for the land. Yes. And again, we're looking at the Middle East, especially that area, Israel, which the name was changed Palestine by the Romans, as kind of a slap in the face to the to the Jewish people, they renamed it on the map. And but anyway, what what they what they needed was they asked for a, a, some land so that they could the Jewish refugees, which no countries really wanted to take in, even the United States wouldn't take Jewish refugees during World War II. 
And that's how their their motto became never again. Like this is not going to happen again. And they got this little sliver of land the size of New Jersey. And yet the world is very upset about that and wants, you know, to eradicate that even today. Again, I think that's satanic. Yeah. I mean, it's just satanic. I think I think the hatred of the Jews is, is satanic, and and I think that's why it's so strong, and why all these things that we're talking about work together to put to make them such a unique people, and and I think it's because of of Satan's hate for yeah. what God is doing. And it's interesting that I think I think again it, it's one of those signs I think that shows that that God is not finished with the Jewish people yet because there's still this satanic effort to to eradicate them and there has to be a reason yeah. for that. Why would they be the center of attention right. if it they if, if God wasn't going to use them again? I know that's I know that's anecdotal. I do get that that yeah. you know I'm I'm arguing anecdotally, but I but at the same time I see it in scripture. I mean I yeah. see that I see that God isn't done with the Jews, you know, in scripture. So so what I'm saying is is that I see that biblically what we're seeing in the world actually makes sense because of it. Uh, you talked about this. Are the Jewish people under judgment right now? Uh, yes, I would argue that. Yes, I would argue they are. Yeah. Um, that they they were disobedient, and and God has, for a period of time, has put them under judgment and scattered them. And so, yeah, absolutely, I would see that as being a judgment. And but I also see it as a preparation for the future. Mm. That what they're going through is preparing them for their role in the millennial kingdom. So I, I'm really, really interested to see how that all works out. Yeah. Um, I, I think it's going to happen soon, relatively speaking, but you know, whatever that, whatever that is, I'm not sure, you know, the, the time frame. but I do think relatively speaking going to be soon that we'll see those things come to begin to come to fruition. I agree. I do. Things are moving really fast. So how should we look at the Jewish people? Um, well, I think we should see them as as God's chosen people, but I think we should see them as a rebellious people. I think we should pray for them. I think we should help where we need to help. Obviously, you know, as an example, during you know the Holocaust, World War II, there were Christians who who you know helped them, and I think that that that's the right thing to do. Um, you know that that God blesses those who who bless them, and I think that that's a promise that's in Genesis twelve and. And I think it's a promise that still stands. And, you know, that doesn't mean that we exonerate every action just because the Jews, the Jews did it, right? I, you know, there's things that they do that are wrong, you know, and, and you know, because they are an obstinate people. And yet, in general, I can still see them as, you know, God's chosen people. I can still help them where I need to help, where I can help them. I can still pray for them. I can pray for their repentance. I can preach the gospel to them at times. There, there are Jewish people who have come to faith in Christ, you know, obviously, you know, Messianic Jews who believe in the Messiah. So, you know, that's something that I can continue to do. I can t- continue to support them in that way. There's definitely organizations out there that that are Christian organizations, you know, that are for the Jewish people, and, and you know, those are things that you can consider supporting and wouldn't wouldn't be a bad thing uh, to to or would be a good thing I shouldn't say in a negative it'd be a good thing to do and so I I just think we need to more than anything just pray I mean because because it is going to be see it's it's interesting because Paul says it's going to be a the one of the greatest blessings when the Jews are going to when the Jews are restored 
I mean, it's going to be one of the greatest blessings, and I'm going to be blessed because the Jews mm. are blessed. And and I think we have to see that that when they're restored, I'm going to get blessed for, for you know with that. That's that's amazing. And so I should be praying for that restoration. I should be praying for God to pour out His blessing on the Jewish people, and and I should be standing in in readiness for that to happen. And and doing whatever I can to be a part of that. Yeah, that was my next question: is how how do we stand with them? You kind of just um, kind of just answered that question. I know there there are ways to do it. I think praying for them is the biggest the biggest thing. Praying that the gospel would be preached and that there would be repentance. I yeah. mean that I think that's what I mean. Ultimately, that's what we're going to see is a mass repentance, a mass turning to and recognizing Jesus as the Messiah. And I think when that happens, that God is going to pl- just literally pour out unending blessings on this world, and we're going to see that during the, the millennial kingdom, and then ultimately we're going to see that in the new heavens and new earth. And and the Jewish people are the key. I mean, that's what we have to recognize. They are the key, and people look at them, and they're so, such a part center of the of attention of the world. We talked about some of that in some of these theories, and. And the reason is, and, and Satan knows this. Satan knows that when God restores the Jews, it's over for him. I mean, it's you know, yeah. the, I mean, when it, I would argue biblically that Satan's going to be bound and thrown into the into you know bound and and not able to to do what he's doing today. I would argue that hasn't happened. People believe it has. Some people, some Christians do, but I don't. I think that. I think he's a like a you know roaming around and and on the earth and is is able to do. Obviously, God has him limited. I mean, he's always been limited. It's not that he has full sovereignty because only God has that. But but he's going to be bound and and so and there's going to be incredible blessing that's poured out and that's going to happen when the Jews are restored. And I think as Christians, we should be looking forward to that day because that's when Christ returns and that's when. You know, there's going to be this incredible blessing of, uh, on the world that that's going to be unending, and it's never going to stop. Uh, but at the end of the thousand-year reign, there's of Christ. There's going to be a, a quick rebellion, and that'll fi- flash up. But He's going to put that down like it's nothing, and then you know, then we're going to be ushered into the eternal state, the new heavens, new and the new earth, and there's going to be eternal blessings at that point. But all of that's triggered by the restoration of the Jews. And yeah. uh, and we should see that biblically, and we should be looking forward to it. You know, when they when they come to see their Messiah, like you said, there's blessings galore. Oh, absolutely. And so, how do we stand with them? We pray diligently for the gospel, yeah. diligently that they would come, they would come to repentance, that they would come to see, you know, that they have that they have crucified their Messiah, and it's Jesus. Jesus is the Messiah, and that they would see him in that way. We do stand with Israel, and we there is no hatred, but we were just trying to ex- explain the world's hatred of the yeah. Jewish people. Yeah, and when I say that, that these things make sense, it's certainly yeah. not me saying that they they should right. be hated for these reasons, but it makes sense that that, that that would be, that these theories exist because of, you know, what what we see with the Jewish people. And so we're forever thankful for the Jewish people because the Messiah came from that. And then also for the other things that they've blessed us with, with babka. I mean, you can't beat that. A good babka. (laughs) You've been listening to Fresh Bread. 
podcast ministry of Grace Bible Church Gainesville. For more information, go to gracegainesville.org. And thanks for listening.